How's everyone doing today? Good? Everyone having a good week? Um, so uh, I'm going to pass this around. This has um, our, uh, the first sheet is our prayer group signups. If you signed up last week, you don't need to sign up again. Um, do that. Uh, and then underneath here are our surveys. And so it is our goal that um, uh, you serve. That's part of our mission. Our mission statement is that you serve. And so um, if you want to be part of our serve, one of our serve teams, you can sign up here for that. We have three separate teams. You can do our welcome and outreach team, um, our prayer team, and then we have a media and tech team. And so if one of those sounds appealing to you, be sure to sign up for that. And so I'm going to start this off to through over here. Um, and see some visitors here and so if you are a visitor and you have filled out one of these um please stop by our welcome table and fill this out and just by filling this out we will we have a free gift for you um for being here tonight and so um if you are visiting or this is your first time here welcome right uh we are the christian Food center and we're a ministry of moral church christ and our mission statement here is to uh, develop a community of students who know, love, and serve Jesus. So uh, we want you to know Jesus on an intellectual level, and uh, we believe that happens through getting into scripture and studying the word. And so the plug for them would be our fall groups. Our fall groups are a great way to study scripture and um, into the word for that. So our fall groups are by class, and they meet uh, on Monday, and I believe the sophomore meet on Tuesday. So um, be sure to sign up for one of those or join one of those. Uh, and so this that is our fall groups. Um, and so that's the no. Uh, we also want you to love Jesus on a personal level, right? And so we don't think it's uh, good enough for you to just know about Jesus. We want you to love Jesus and have him uh, be your personal savior. And so we try to create uh, moments where you can experience Jesus and God in real tangible ways so that you can fall in love with him and your And then, uh, once again, uh, we want you to serve Jesus here at the CSC and, um, and on campus at UT and in Knoxville, but also wherever life takes you from here. And so uh, part of what we're trying to do is prepare you for wherever you go after you graduate, um, prepare you to serve Jesus, wherever that is. And so um, joining one of our serve teams is a great way to do that. And so uh, when that clipboard comes around, if you're not part of a serve team, I really encourage you to sign up and be in one of those. Um, so we are wrapping up our series tonight called uh, This or That, right? Yeah, This or That. And uh, the first week, we looked at a two stories from the Book of Luke, and we looked at this idea of pride versus humility. And we looked at two stories of two separate wealthy men in the book of Luke. We looked at, uh, the first story we looked at was the rich young ruler. And he was very prideful, so prideful that he thought he could earn his own salvation, right? Um, he thought that he could earn his own salvation. And if you look at scriptures, he is the only man to ever approach Jesus and interact with Jesus and walk away worse than how he came. And it's his pride that did that. And we compare that story to Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And he 
um, Zacchaeus, uh, he had humility because he realized that there was nothing he could do to earn his salvation. And so he came uh, to Jesus with humility, and, and Jesus showed his grace. And so we said that pride, right, brought the rich young rule of pain and sadness, while humility brought Zacchaeus treasures in heaven. Right? Pride brought pain, while humility brought heaven. So that was the first week. Last week, if you were here, we looked at this idea of love versus hate. And um, we looked at the story in John of the woman caught in the adultery. All right. Uh, we looked at the story of John of the woman caught in adultery and how um, uh, when she was caught in adultery, right, the feelings that she must have gone through, she was, she had to have felt shame for what she had done. Right, embarrassment for being dragged out in front of the whole town, in front of everyone that she knew, practically naked, right? But also fear. She felt fear for the people around her that caught her and accused her. But she also felt fear for the punishment that could have come her way. Um, back then, if you were caught in adultery, you had the right to be stoned. And so she, she had this fear of the people around her that were accusing her of this act and of the punishment that would sure come her way. We looked at a verse in 1 John, uh, 1 John 4, 18, and it says this, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And we said how this verse, this verse epitomizes what Jesus did in the story of the woman caught in adultery. Right? Jesus, he, um, in his perfect love, was able to expel this woman's accusers. Right? He started writing in the church, and one by one, her accusers went away. And at the end, when there was no one left to accuse her, Jesus didn't punish her. Jesus took mercy and grace and expelled her punishment. And so Jesus, in his perfect love, right, expelled all these women's tears in that moment. And we said that uh, people, they love to hate. But with Jesus, he loves to love. And so tonight we are going to wrap up this series of this or that. And tonight we are looking at judgment or forgiveness. Uh, a couple years ago, my wife and I were living in Huntsville, and we had just bought a house. And I don't know if you guys, uh, I'm guessing none of you have bought a house, but um, when you buy a house, you have all these things that you have to do, right? After you buy a house, when you move in, you have to set up your utilities, your, your trash service, your internet, um, all your stuff. And my wife, some of you have met my wife, um, she hasn't been around a ton since the COVID and I before, but um, if you spend a lot of time around my wife, one thing that you will learn about her is she hates bugs. 
right? Absolutely despises it. Uh, when we first got married, I would hear like her yelling my name, and I'd rush in there thinking something was wrong, and she'd be like, "It's a spider," and it'd be like this big, and I'd be like, "Fine." Um, and so she hates bugs. And so one of the first things that she had us set up was right uh, in this house. And so uh, we're calling all these people, and people are coming by, and the pest control guy comes. And I am a firm believer of like supporting local. And so I had done some research and I had found this local pest control guy. And he comes to the house and we're in Huntsville, Alabama. And he was uh, full on Alabama, if you guys get my drift, right? Um, good old country boy, just doing his job uh, and so forth. And, and he comes in and, and he gets to talking and you know, I end up hiring him for, for the job and he's sticking around and we're talking in the kitchen and he discovers that I'm a teacher, right? Back then I was teaching at a, at a school and he asked me, he's like, so what do you teach? Math and science, right? And I'm like looking at him and I'm like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, well, what do you teach? Math and science. And I'm like, well, I, you know, actually I don't teach either of them. I teach Bible. And he's like, oh, I'm just looking at you. I would have thought that you taught math and science. <laughs> <laughs> I see this guy who's making a judgment on me based on the way that I talk. Right? <laughs> and I have countless stories of this happening in my life. Um, another time I was uh, living in Auburn and uh, I actually caught myself doing exactly what I had has happened to me multiple times. You see, I was um, I was working at a, I was managing a coffee shop. And uh, I don't know if any of you have ever worked at food service, uh, but if you have, uh, been in has for about two weeks. Um, if you have, one of the things you would kind of rely on are tips, right? And I didn't necessarily rely on my tips, but they were a good, good perk, right? I could, uh, I could increase my like hourly wage by a good ten or fifteen dollars uh, per hour, and so I really enjoy tips as most everyone would. And uh, and so one day I was working, and this group of uh, like seven to ten middle-aged women come in, and I'm like, man, middle-aged women were notorious horrible, right? <laughs> Um, they were the worst, and so I was like, ah, oh, here they come. And to top it off, though, these weren't just like middle-aged women, they were middle-aged Asian women, right? And so they were, I was like, man, Asian people are the worst at tipping. So like, this is double-edged sword here, and I'm like, man, this is going to be horrible. And so I take their orders, and I'm making all their drinks, and I'm really busy for about, you know, 30, 35 minutes, and I finally get all their drinks done and to them, and and I go and I'm like, I'm gonna check the register to see how, how much they took, right? And I was fully expecting about like a buck or two. I'm like, man, I did all this work. I'm only gonna get a buck or two of these things. And I go and check, and they had tipped me around $75, right? And I remember thinking in that moment that I was guilty of judging them based on the way they look. Just like so many people had done to me Guilty of judging someone based on their looks, or has anyone ever judged you 
based on your lowest. Whether you think you have or not, right? The truth is that probably everyone in here has either judged or been judged before. That's why, you know, we have the, the phrase as a kid that you learn, right? Don't judge your book by its cover. Right, and, and we have that kid's story, the ugly duckling. It's because we all struggle with judgment. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're gonna be um, in the book of Luke again, um, which is the third book of the New Testament. And we're gonna be in Luke chapter seven, verses uh, 36 to 50. And we're gonna be looking at the story of both the judgment and forgiveness. Um, starting in verse 30, 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Now, uh, this is the first of three times in the book of Luke where Jesus actually goes to the home of the Pharisees. Right. Um, verse 37. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she bought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. And I, I know that this may seem weird to you, but this would have been uncommon in Jesus' day. Uh, a person of Jesus' stature and, and well-being and, and fame, right? When he went to someone's house, and people would uh, have quite the spread for him. And so uh, when someone of Jesus' stature went to a house, it wasn't common for people to go there and uh, ask for the leftovers or the scraps of what was eaten. And so it's not weird that this woman came to this Pharisee's house. Uh, continuing on, verse 38. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. And she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touched. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. So we're introduced to two characters here. Uh, the first being the woman. And a lot of theologians believe that this woman is Mary Magdalene, which um, there is no like clear evidence of that, but it is kind of cool to think about that. And I personally like that because my daughter is named after Mary Magdalene, right? Her name is her full name is Magdalene Joe Mundy. Um, but there's no clear evidence that this woman is Mary Magdalene. Right, but some theologians speculate that that's who this woman is. And she is called a immoral woman or a sinful woman. And um and while uh you know the text doesn't say what she is immoral of or a sinful of, uh what probably is true is that during that time there was you had the Pharisees that were very strict with the law. And they followed the law to uh, like to the letter, right? They they like carried out the law perfectly. And anyone who wasn't as strict with the law as they were, they called 
immoral, by a group of immoral social class or, or citizens. And so this woman, she probably just didn't follow the law as strictly as Simon, the Pharisee. And so uh, the second character is Simon, right? And he's the Pharisee. And um, Simon is guilty of judging. Right? It is clear that he's guilty of judging this woman. But what isn't so clear is that he is also guilty of judging Jesus. You see, and this is evident by the text. And um, if you look at, uh, at verse 40, he says, go ahead, teacher. Right? Simon replies, go ahead, teacher. And the Greek word there is, I'm going to put your Right? And that is the word for teacher. And it would have been a, it would have been rude, but it would have been clear that Simon didn't think of Jesus as a prophet, or definitely didn't think of Jesus as the Son of God. So continuing on, verse um, 41. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare. See, all these acts that Jesus mentions, it wasn't necessarily rude that Simon did perform these acts to Jesus. But once again, it demonstrates that Simon had judged Jesus. You see, if Simon had thought that Jesus was a prophet or the son of God, he would have definitely performed all of these acts, because these were acts that you perform for special guests in your house. And so the mere fact that Simon didn't do these things to Jesus showed that he didn't believe that Jesus was anyone special. He judged Jesus before he even came to his house. And I think one of the reasons we often have a hard time forgiving others is because we fail or wow, I messed that up. Uh, yeah, so there, sorry, that's the page. Um, and so uh, Simon the where was it? Simon. Yeah, so Jesus points out to Simon a truth here, right, that we all need to know, and it's this truth, right? When we are busy, busy judging others, we are often too busy to see how others are judging us, right? When we are busy judging others, we are often too busy to see how others are judging us. In other words, when we are so busy judging other people, we fail to see 
the faults in our own lives and the shortcomings in our own lives and how people, right? Uh, we fail to see the shortcomings in our own lives that are so obvious to everyone else. Um, if you look at uh, Matthew uh, chapter 7, this is Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. And in it, he says this uh, uh, at the beginning of chapter 7, verse 2. It says, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a law in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the law in your own eye? See, here Jesus is clear that we will be judged in the same way that we judge others, right? Way too often we are concerned with the faults of others that we fail to see the faults in our own lives. And this is exactly what Simon was guilty of here in this story. He was so busy judging the woman and judging Jesus that he failed to see his own faults. So continuing on, verse 47. Uh, I tell you, her sins, and they are many. Uh, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so when Jesus tells the parable of the two men owing debts before, right? One owing 50 and one owing 500. Simon, I think he suffered from the same fault that a lot of us suffer from, right? None of us identify with the man that owed 500. We all view ourselves as the man who only owed 50, right? None of us think that we are the person that owed 500. We view ourselves as the person who only owed 50. And while we think maybe we are perfect ourselves, right, we're definitely better than the person to our right, to our left, right? We're better than that frat that's going around partying and getting drunk all the time. We're better than that person who is going out and sleeping around with all these people. We're better than our roommate who goes out and gets drunk or hot. Right? None of us view ourselves as the man who owes 500. We all view ourselves as the man who owes 50. And here's the truth that Simon failed to recognize. Is that we are all the man who owes 500. Right? We all owe a ton. And we all have been forgiven of a time. Um, this woman, right? This woman recognized that she was the one who was forgiven of 500. Right? She was the one that had been forgiven of a lot. 
And so uh, verse, oh, I see what it is. My page is okay. Um, and so, uh, All right, so, oh, and so uh, this woman recognized that we, what we see in these verses is that her reaction to being forgiven, right, is a ton of love. And I think one of the reasons why we have a hard time forgiving others is because we fail to recognize how much we have been forgiven of ourselves. Uh, on Sunday, we, in our college class, as well, we've been going to the Lord's Prayer. And um, this past Sunday, we looked at Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, and it reads uh, this. Uh, and forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And if you jump down to verse 14 and 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. So often, we have a hard time forgiving others because we fail to recognize how God has forgiven us. So what does this mean for us practically? Well, first off, when we are so busy judging others, and focusing on others' faults, we become blind to our own faults. And it makes it hard to recognize our own need for forgiveness. Second, if you can't recognize your need for forgiveness in your own life, it's going to be really hard for you to forgive someone else. You see, if you don't think you need forgiveness, it's going to be hard for you to offer that forgiveness to someone else. And lastly, right, we all need to recognize that we are the man through the fire. Right? And we have all been forgiven of a lot. No matter how good of a life you live, you still owe a lot and have been forgiven. A lot. And when you fully recognize that concept, that you aren't somewhat good, no one is the man who overrode it, or all the man who overrode 500. When you fully recognize that concept, right, you are able to show God and love and appreciate God and Jesus and all that He has done for you in your own life. So if you're here tonight and you haven't experienced that forgiveness for yourself, um, you have to experience that forgiveness of Jesus for yourself, and uh, you want to make the decision to accept Jesus and, and experience that forgiveness for yourself, come, uh, please find me as we sing these next couple songs. I would love to talk to you and, and tell you how to make that happen, right? Um, because the truth is this, right? Uh, there is no one who doesn't have a lot to be forgiven. We all have a lot of faults. And we all need to be forgiven of much. 
And so if you haven't accepted Christ and his love and forgiveness, I want you tonight. Uh, please come find me. If you have any spiritual needs or prayer requests, um, down so if you go out this door and down the stairs, uh, there's a, a, some rooms down there. Uh, members of our prayer team will be down there, and uh, they are willing to meet with you and pray over you. If you have any needs uh, or spiritual needs, um, uh, they will be there to pray for you. There. Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, suffering with my um, mixed up papers. I guess I should put that in order next time. So, um, thanks for being here tonight. If you, once again, if you are a visitor, go to our welcome table and fill out the sheet. And you guess I'll stand back up again.